growing in character. So when we look at the Bible in the beginning, in Genesis, is it 1 verse 17 or 2 verse 17, it says, Let us make now man in our own image, after our own likeness. Hello. The Bible says, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. Amen? Amen. So when you look at the image, have you ever seen an image of yourself? Oh, you're not supposed to take a picture of the things that they've got. Yeah, not for just a friend. Yeah. That is fine. Yeah. So he said, let us make money in our own image and after our own likeness. So image, when you look at an image, what do you see? Okay, can't you look at the photo of yourself? What do you see? Hmm? You see yourself. So when you look at basically an image, an image in terms of character. Because when you're looking at a picture of yourself, you are seeing a character of yourself. At that point, if you were happy, if you were smiling, if you were crying, that's the character that you were possessing at that point. Okay? So now God said, let me make man in my own image and likeness. So the likeness part, it means nature and whatever not. Eh? But today we're saying growing in what? Character. So character is a resultant effect of you growing in all the five spheres of your life. Okay? You need to grow in the mind. You need to grow in your body. You need to grow in the heart. You need to grow in the will. And you need to grow in the spirit. Five spheres. Those are the ones that are written down on that paper that's passing around. So basically, if you look at that paper, I've broken the parts separately. And I've added one side that talks about the things that happen in the demonic, and the other paper that has things that happen in the kingdom of God. So when you look at the body, I put the body is to be disciplined. Because when you go to Galatians 5, what does it say? Galatians, somebody go to Galatians 5. But today I'm only going to deal with the mind and the body. The heart, the will, and those other things we'll deal with them later on. But if, if that's why I've given you to take down the notes on the paper. If you can go do research on those things in the paper, look for Bible scriptures. They will show you and they will guide you. Okay? So somebody go to Galatians 5, verse 17. Galatians 5 verse 17. Can read. Whoever is there can read for us, please. Okay. Uh-huh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, uh-huh. and the spirit against the flesh. Uh-huh. And these are contrary to the one uh-huh. to the other, so that ye cannot do things, do the things that ye would. Just there. So that you cannot do the things that you would. So it means spiritually and in the things of God, you have a capability. But what happens is your body cannot allow you to do the things of the spirit. Why? Because your flesh fights against your spirit. So even certain times when your spirit is saying, pray, your body is saying, my friend, let's just sleep. Certain times when, you, when your spirit is saying, let's fast, your body just says, ah, my dear, I'm hungry, let's just eat. 
So what's happening? Your flesh is fighting against your spirit. That's why your body is supposed to be disciplined. Just go down. Okay, just there. So basically, if you look at the works of the flesh, it entails sin. Adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, idolatry, you find them. All sin that you look for in the Bible. Galatians 5. But where is, where is the Bible saying sin is, a, is abiding? In your body. And the body is fighting against your spiritual growth. The body is fighting against your walk with God. Okay? So that's what happens to most people. Otherwise, certain people you find they can move the gifts, but yet they have their own character. Do you have an for A, B, C, D? Why? Because they understood how to operate in the gift, but they did not understand that they needed character. You're hearing? Maturity in Christian faith is you developing the character of Christ. Okay? That's maturity. So basically, when we look at the things of the flesh, they are seen. That's why sometimes you have to do the things of God and contrary to the works of God. You have a desire for God, but your works and your doings are what? Contrary. Why? Because of the body. Tell your neighbor, understand your body. And that's one thing that you need to do. Understand the tendencies of your body. Your body, for some of us, we all have different things that the fall has brought to us. Because the flesh is known as the carnal mind, the fallen nature. So the fallen nature, each and every one of us has affected us differently. You find, for instance, I may not lie, but for me, the fallen nature has affected me where? In fornication. That's why you say our weaknesses are different. Why? Because the fallen nature affects us differently. So you have to understand in what area does the fallen nature affect me. Okay? But when we get to the mind, that's when we deal with the flesh. But when you look at the flesh, the flesh is to be disciplined. And the only way to discipline your flesh is to fast. Hello? The only way to discipline your flesh is to How many of us fasted this last week? How many of us fasted the other week? How many of us have never fasted at all? <laughs> Start to raise your hands, guys. Never fasted at all. So the only way to bring your body under subjection is to fast. Okay? If you look at the Bible, Jesus Christ said, when ye fast, so which means fasting is mandatory. And it's not for God to tell you truth to do. Hello? That time when he was teaching people about prayer, about fasting, what did he say? When ye fast, do not be as the hypocrites that show themselves that they are what? Fasting. Wash your head, what and what not. Did he say you're not supposed to fast? So he said you're supposed to. So fasting is mandatory so that you can put your body under subjection. Otherwise, you'll be a subject of your body. 
The Bible says, if you yield yourselves as members of your body, you are subject and controlled by your body. Hello? Fasting is for discipline. Okay? So that's the major way. So certain times when you see you keep on lying, 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 lying. That's why we say I'm taking a fast. By the time you start the one, the two, hey, time the three is actually you preamble. You want to be want to talk. Where will you have the energy to talk? Eh? If you see you haven't prayed the one, the two, take a fast. And just say I'm praying. If you even if you haven't prayed, your point will just say, okay, let's just negotiate things. You eat. We pray. Hello. I'm telling you the things that happen with this body. Me have understood my body. And God also helped me understand my body. As we'll be going high, there's what we call consecration, okay? There's what we call consecration. For example, people who are growing fast. There's what we call consecration. And everyone in the Bible had it. Samson was not to cut his hair. Why? That was his consecration. Some are not supposed to drink wine. Why? That's their consecration. Even in our modern day time, we also have consecration. The number of days to fast, God gives you. Why? Because he knows you need to work on your body. But he knows how much of a dose you need. Even ministers of the gospel have a consecration. But right now, it's okay. It's reasonable. But my consecration requires me to stretch. Oh, shine, but it's not funny how you can do it. Oh, no, 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 I can't go. To the two of my guys. So it's a concern. So some of you find you can only pray in the night. Midnight. For me, my, my prayer times have been changing gradually according to my faithfulness. When I started, it was 22. God shifted. It was 0 to 2. And now, we are at 24 hours. Okay? It's also a concept. So we learn that far from that. Amen. So fasting is one of it. So for me, my consecration is I have to fast for three days in a week. So I eat four days, fast three days. That's my consecration. Why? Because it helps me grow. So you find some days I'm down, like battery low. I've been praying, I've read my Bible. I fast. Oh my God, there's a revival. Stood down, but I'm down, but too low, God. Like even today, I too low went. What am I having my life there now? The second part of character is the man. Where am I doing? So today we're only looking at it from the demonic side perspective. When we come to God, we we'll do this work. So today we're only looking at it. Because your enemy is your greatest. Your greatest. So now, let's do the most important part. Tell your neighbor the mind. Tell your neighbor the mind. Chimutu. Ah, sumu na kamba chimutu. Unkamba the mind, but sumu na kamba chimutu. 
So now, warfare of a believer is where and many of us fail to win the battles of the mind. Body we can try here and there, but then also if your mind is towards sin, you fall in. Like forty percent of you has fallen. Then the remaining piece is just pushing. So the mind. So now the mind is where we have anxiety, doubt. Well, for those writing who haven't taken pictures, you can write. So in the mind we have anxiety. In the mind we have doubt. In the mind we have unbelief. In the mind we have corruption. Depends with which corruption you are talking about. In the mind we have familiarity. In the mind we have distractions. In the mind we have intimidation. And in the mind we have attitude. You can tackle this one by one by one by one, but that time. So now let me read for you something that I wrote. Usually God inspires me to write. So I wrote a letter. It's a love letter to you guys. It's how much I love you. And it reads. Mostly information, suggestion, and revelation have no power if we do not convert them and make them our own. Have you heard that part? Information, suggestions, revelations have no power unless you make them your, your own. Hello? I'll, I'll, I'll teach about something very interesting. So this is because we as human beings are often influenced by our own decisions. Okay? We are mostly influenced by our own decisions. What I have decided is right, it is my decision. And it's the only thing that will influence me. So our own decision and what we deem fit as being right is simply right. Even if it may be wrong. In a question, I may be right. But us converting certain thoughts, information, suggestions, and revelation into something like our own decision or our own information, can we then act upon it? Have you heard? When we convert that and make it our own, that's when we can act upon it. So even if I told you fast, provided you have you've just have you have not made the decision to fast. You want fast. Provided you just read the Bible, God said, do not steal. But chap before you ten quarter or fifty quarter, why do I At that point, the Bible is still just a book full of information. Unless you convert that information to your own, that's when you have life in the Bible. Okay? Um, where was I? I even forgot where I was reading. So now, it is not how much information you read that changes you, but rather the information that you read and agree with is what causes change. So if you don't agree with certain information, it won't change. 
Now, this is just beyond reading, but rather includes videos, audios, and other things that we expose ourselves to. As we meditate upon any information, we simply allow it to be a part of us. And when it becomes a part of us, it either makes us better or worse. And either leaves us thinking of people in a better way or in a bad way. Now, the reason God tells us to meditate upon his word and not read his words. What do you say? Medi? The Bible doesn't say read, eh? No, I don't know why some of us read. Don't meditate. So the reason why God tells us to meditate upon his word and not read is because he wants us to think through the things until we agree with them. I love, I love the fact that when before I came, Saseth was, te- was teaching on what? Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Eh? He was reading from a version that says, For I know the plans that I have towards. Okay, so I love the other version that says, For I know the plans that I think. Sorry, I think. Yeah, something about thoughts. Who was, uh, read for me good news. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Uh, anyone with another version? And the version that says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Not the plan. So if you have a Bible that says the plan, don't read it. Keep it. 29-11. So those with 10 visions in the phone, read more 10 visions. That's one that says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. The plans, the thoughts of good and not of evil. What did you say? Can you find it now? Eleven. You found it? What did you say? Okay. Okay, you can start. I bless you with a future filled with hope, a future of success, not disappointment. Okay. 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 So for I know the thoughts that I think towards. So for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. So when you look at the Bible, the Bible consists of the thoughts that God thinks towards you, but it's not everything that's in the Bible that are God's thoughts. Did you get it? It's not everything that you read in the Bible. That are God's thoughts towards you. Okay? Because when you read certain times, you read demons saying, Do not let us leave this city. Just cast us in those things. Are those God's thoughts towards you? No. <laughs> so you have to allow, come in. You have to meditate upon the word of God. So that you can take those thoughts that God thinks towards you through his word and make them your own. Okay? So now we're looking at some of the things that affect the mind. Sorry, where have I dropped that paper? Uh, Where have I put that paper? Oh my goodness. There's no paper there. Yeah. So you find God has thoughts towards you. And the devil has thought. And you also have thoughts for yourself. Okay? So now God says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. To give you peace, hope, and a good what? Future. 
So now let, let's start addressing some of these things that affect the mind. That's why I said we're only going to end in the mind. Because the scope of this study is very long. As you can see, I'm not even quoting scripture. Because if we start going through scripture, it will take us forever. Amen. Guys, you're welcome. So we're looking at growing in character. Yeah. So we simply touched growing in character. Character entails... You see, when God said, let me make man, he said, I'll make him in what? My own image and likeness. So when you look at an image, an image entails what? It's a character. It's a characteristic. So when you look at your photo or something, it's a character of you at that point. So we said, one of the factors of character is the body. So if you look at Galatians 5, verse 17 going down, it talks about the spirit and the uh, flesh. Okay. Yeah. So he said the body is to be disciplined. Because that's where sin is. And the greatest way to discipline your body, and the only. So now we're at the mind. Okay? So God says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. But those thoughts are just his thoughts towards you. The life in those thoughts cannot yet be made manifest until you meditate upon his. So now, when you look at anxiety, anxiety is more of, ah, what does the future hold for me? What will happen in the future? What's happening in your mind? You're thinking about the future. And God says, I have a plan to give you a good future. So just look in the Bible and look for the future that you want and say, God, your word says this, and this is the future that I want. But ensure that the word becomes your word. Otherwise, it will just be the word. Hello? To just be a regular word. Just there in the Bible. That's why when, when you look at John 12, the Bible says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. That's why some of you, you may have read a passage 10 years ago, 5 years, 5 months, 4 weeks, and then you have the revelation of it today. The reason why God gives you that revelation today is because it agrees with your present situation. Or it agrees with the change that you want to make in that present situation. Hello? Hey. So anxiety, you keep on thinking about the future. What does the future have? Will I, what, where, not guarantee. And that's what the devil tends to do. Your future is not guaranteed. You shall fail. You shall. And, and the devil keeps on whispering and they're like, oh, you get anxious and whatnot. So what's happening? The devil is dealing with your mind. So if anxiety comes, you look for a scripture that goes against that thing that you're anxious about. Okay. Okay, now I feel like touching this area. The area that we were talking about. Even in a relationship, don't rush. I know usually when we tell people in their teen years to say don't rush into a relationship, that's when you hate us. Oh, this man. This is want me to just be in a relationship. It's not that we hate you. In, before you get into a relationship, there's a process that we call singleness moment. Do you know that when God created the world, he then created Adam. Why didn't he create Adam and Eve at the same time? 
Yes, singleness moment. Because at that point, Adam needed to discover his purpose and walk into his purpose. It was when God saw that Adam has walked into his purpose for so long that God, not Adam, said it is not good for man to be. It was not Adam who said that. So even when we're telling you about relationship, it's because we're also teaching you from a biblical perspective. For me, what led to my downfall is because I entered relationships prematurely. Not relationship, uh-uh. relationships. <laughs> so that's what happens. Today you have one. I don't think it's enough for me. Another one. Why? Because you are trying to fill in the space where your purpose and where the presence of God is supposed to fill in with another person. And therefore you find that that other person cannot complete you. Why? Because that's where your purpose is supposed to be. And that's where the presence of God is supposed to be. And that's where your intimacy and fellowship with God is supposed to be. You cannot remove those things away from you. You have to discover them, walk into them, and then God says it is not good. Not you. So don't jump into a relationship. Because you're anxious. Everyone else is in a relationship. My future is not guaranteed. Don't. Amen? Important point. We now get back to the story. So now, in your mind, we also have doubt. Is this man a genuine man of God? Doubt, number one. Hello? The devil brings doubts to your mind. He tells you all sorts of things to make you doubt. So now, should I touch the areas the way it makes you doubt? I touch them? <laughs> so, area number one, he makes you doubt. He makes you doubt in yourself. And in your ability. So, for some of you who are not right, I thought I said right. Because I want you to remember these things. So, go. Oh, at God. <laughs> the devil. Makes you doubt in your abilities. Okay? He makes you doubt in your abilities. Can I preach as good as that man? Yes, you can. Just that the devil is telling you you're not a good preacher. Can I flow like that man? Yes, you can. Just that the devil is telling you you're not good enough. So the devil will bring doubts in your mind. You say you are not worth it, you cannot manage, you cannot do it. Why? Because it's his game. It's one of the things that he does. Doubt. Open doubt is Doubt is Thomas. So besides making you doubt in yourself, it makes you doubt in others. Every relationship or friendship is for a purpose. My being in your life is for a purpose. So sometimes you ask you, Rajas, you are men. Why? Doubt. Not genuine. No, no, that one. No. What is it doing? Making you doubt. Amen? Amen. So then, the other thing is unbelief. Unbelief is different from doubt. Unbelief is where God can perform this miracle. And the devil just tells you, no, he can't. 
And slowly but surely, you think about the miracle and you say, it's impossible. Hmm? You pray a prayer point and you just don't believe in your prayer point. Why? Because you don't think God can answer. Hmm? At that moment, it's unbelief that the devil has been feeding you. And the devil, you know the way he is. The devil is smart, yo. He doesn't feed you small, he doesn't feed you everything at a go. Because he knows you will detect it. Start small, small. And it makes you think about that thing time and again, time and again. Remember, thoughts that are not your own, they do not have power. So when that thought has power, what happens? You go in unbelief. Next thing, you don't see God moving. You don't see a lot of things happening in your life. Because you have fallen for the enemy's trick. He's dealing with you. Okay. Another one. Intimidation. How many of you have been intimidated by the devil before? Have you? Are you still over there? <laughs> Intimidation. The devil. Ah. The devil doesn't have power to create. Write that down. The devil doesn't have power to create. But. He uses you to create possibilities and futures. If you can show me a Bible in, oh sorry, a verse in the Bible that says the devil created, I will retract that statement. But as you read from Genesis to Revelation, the devil can create. Angels do not have the ability to create. It's only we human beings who have the ability to create because we are in the image and likeness of God. So everything else that you see that's a disaster is because the enemy is using you to create it. The outcomes of your situations are created by the devil, but through you. So you are the creator. So when you see a situation, just check your mind. What thoughts am I thinking? Has anyone ever questioned the thoughts that they think? Have you ever gone through the thoughts that you think? If you go through the thoughts that you think, are they in line with the thoughts of God? If they're not in line with the thoughts of God, then take them out. They do not deserve to be in your mind. Okay? So intimidation, the devil intimidates you. The devil is a big bully. Even the devil is a big bully. Just tell you, you can't, you can't work. If you do this, you will see. If you tell them, you die. <laughs> Intimidation is playing with you. So you cannot come to the fullness of what Christ has for you till your mind be transformed. But we'll get to that point. Another way that the devil does as bad is corruption. Don't forget, we're still hanging on Jeremiah 29 verse 11, eh? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. So God has thoughts. You have thoughts. The devil has thoughts. So now these are thoughts of the devil. Basically, those are the ones that he usually implants. And you don't see him implanting because it sounds like a good suggestion sometimes. And it looks reasonable because it, it suits the situation and circumstance. Hello? 
No, corruption. Corruption is in different levels. It's in different thingy thingy. If you want to go look up the web, whatever is corrupt, look it up. Even from a biblical perspective, this is research you should do. Remember, I'm trying to just cruise it. Eh? Just want us to do the mind. Then we have time for God. Amen. Another thing that the enemy plants within our lives is attitude. Attitude is a thing of the mind. Devil comes, the one. That one is like this, like this, like that. So you're like, ah, okay. You ignore it. Following day, that one, the same person, is like this, like this, like that. So now, as he's feeding you those thoughts, what do you start having? A bad attitude towards people. A bad attitude towards that person. A bad attitude towards the tribe. Those things are not of God. God is love. Eh? God is love. So can God allow you to have a bad attitude towards people? No, it's not in his nature. It's not in his character. So the devil just uses that. And what is he doing every time? Creating bad attitude. Ah, Bad attitude. Did it start with you? Just started from the time that person made a mistake, you put it in your heart or in your mind. Sorry. Again, they made another mistake, you put it in your mind. And as you are putting it in your mind, the devil is also feeding you thoughts to say, Some of us, it may be towards our parents. Parent does something, tries to correct you, you start putting implants of words and whatnot in your mind. Certain words that people did not say, you've already added. What's the conclusion? What's the introduction? Middle body? series and a conclusion. Whole essay. Just as impossible things. Why? Because the devil is trying to aid you. To have a bad attitude. So attitude is in the mind. Attitude towards work, attitude to everything. Another thing is destruction. Somebody go to 1 Corinthians 7 verse 35. How are you enjoying, eh? Maybe today was not supposed to be the day of healing. Because Lila, 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 last. Because you know there are times. 7 verse 35. There are times most of you, if you've noticed, most of the people we've worked with, my encouragements, my advice are usually towards emotional things. Sometimes I even think your thoughts, but you just don't know. Now today I was crying. Because certain people had thoughts. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Anyway, when we're talking one on one, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, destruction. First Corinthians 7 35. Yeah. Without what? Destruction. Okay. Another version. Hey. My God. Sorry. Not to what? That you may live in the 
In undivided devotion to the so destruction. I don't remember why I got this verse from. Why I got this verse. Anyway, maybe when we start from on top, it's something in relation. So usually the devil distracts us. We were supposed to do something for God, for instance, pray. The way I said, ah, my some of us sometimes our alarm is when they choke us in the dream. <laughs> so distraction. So a devil can distract you. Especially if God has a prophetic thing that he wants to do over your destiny. Do you know that? Devil just comes and just puts destruction all over. Devil comes to steal, steal, and destroy. Destruction. So you find he will come kill your prayer life. So it's killing your prayer life. You come kill your hunger for God. You come kill your devotion. You come give you bad friends with bad influence. So that, that way you are distracted from not doing the thing that you are supposed to. That's why certain friends that you may have around you are not from God. It's just because you chose. And the devil also chose for you, but you have to know the devil made a good choice for you. So even when you are falling, you are not realizing. Distraction. You may have been through this puzzle. And you know why it was wild? You hung out with a friend, you hung out with a friend. Those days you used to pray two, three hours. Go home. Five minutes and you have been struggling. <laughs> ah, God is blissful. So when I asked, God, what's wrong? Says associations are spiritual. Hey, from that day, I said, far from me. Why is the devil trying to distract me? We all have a purpose to fulfill. And the devil's agenda is for us not to fulfill that purpose. The devil's agenda is to frustrate us out of our purpose. But how does he do that? He distracts us. So that we do not focus on that thing that God has installed for us, but we focus on other things. But how does he do it? The mind. Huh? Are we getting it? Another aspect. This one. This one I saved it for the last. So you save the best for? Then we just touch one or two areas. This one. This one almost killed my destiny. Familiarity. Family? It's in the mind. You see, I was telling her to say, I don't believe God brings people in my life by accident. And I don't believe I click with people anyhow, any day. Some of you, you've not seen a clicking people. No, we know we know. But sometimes God brings people in your life for different purposes. But we always have to learn to honor and respect the people that bring into our life. Why? Because when you are too familiar, you cannot receive certain blessings. Imagine if Elisha was too familiar to Elijah. Would Elisha have become who he was? He wouldn't, eh? Imagine if Peter was too familiar with Jesus. Would he have become who he was? That's why if you look at the relationship between Peter and Jesus, it was different. 
there were not any familiarity. Peter did know that Jesus was still Jesus, but he also recognized that he's a friend. Hello? Jesus was a friend. That's why Peter could walk on water, because he knew, uh, my friend got me, my friend. I walk here. I know. I want, <laughs> I want to drown. Why? Because we usually tend to trust friends. But if we get too familiar with certain people who God brings to us, because we are friends, we are family, you miss your blessing, you miss your mates, you miss your opportunities. So the reason I'm, I'm bringing this out is because as we are growing, let me tell you this one thing. Greater works you will do, Jesus said to his disciples, you will do greater works than I. But when it came to the things of knowledge, insight, revelations, do you know what Jesus said? I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot comprehend them. No. So which means you may do greater things than somebody else, but you won't know greater things than that person. Why? Because a teacher does not teach you everything he knows. He teaches you everything you know. He reserves certain things for certain times of your life. Believe me, my teacher, I don't reveal everything. Say this and this and this and this. Because we start teaching about what's coming in the future. Is it going to be relevant? No. Because right now you are dealing with struggles of the mind. Some of you are dealing with emotional issues. But it's really emotional. <laughs> Ah, guys, emotions are bad. Ah, when they come from the devil, so, <laughs> But everything starts from the mind. Okay? So, familiarity. There was a time I used to be somewhere else at a certain minute. And God had taken me from where I was to where he placed me. So when he placed me there, the major mistake I almost made is being too familiar with a man. I recognized him being a man, but I didn't see the man of God, and neither did I see the God of the man. So I almost missed it, because in those days I used to struggle to pray. And then, when God taught me about this, I said, okay, God, let me try. Those days when I, when I stopped that familiarity stuff, I was shocked. Prayer became funny. You know how prayer becomes funny? Like what she was explaining it. Say, I don't know what happened. Just wait. <laughs> eh? It's the time you pray. It's not you pray, it's the spirit. And you just say, hey. But you find that the spirit cannot come because there are certain graces that have to rub off from one man to another. Jesus could not become Jesus minus John. That's why even if Jesus, even if John said, Jesus, let me baptize you because you are greater than I. In terms of work, yes. But because God divinely purposed that John should usher Jesus, John had to usher Jesus. So Jesus says, let it be so for now. Because he knew that he didn't want be fulfilled. If I become too familiar because I know you are John the Baptist, I won't fulfill destiny because I'm the son of man. So you have to check the thoughts that go through your mind. 
What thoughts are they? Are they thoughts that are in line with God's word? Or they are thoughts that the devil is feeding me? Are they thoughts that are pertaining to loving my brother and sister? Or they are thoughts that are bringing hate? So these are the spirits give you thoughts. You cannot control what comes through your mind, but if you allow it to stay, it becomes a seed. And when seeds germinate, when a seed becomes a tree, it will take us time to uproot. But if it's just like a small thing, so sign fast, fast. Before it becomes a tree, it becomes a tree, trust me, it's dangerous. How can we uproot? So now, the reason I was taught to teach this is because certain spirits cannot leave you because we say out. Not all spirits leave because we say out. No matter how much I may pray, certain spirits will not leave you even if I prayed and fasted 21 days. won't make a difference. Okay? Okay. Okay, Dini. So, so certain times, the thoughts we have are the ones that create the realities we see. Amen. Because God, in the beginning, He just thought to Himself. And he says, let's look at the world. And the first thing he thought, after he thought, 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 he said, I think the first thing let's do is light. He said it. Let there be. So sometimes, you know what happens? The thoughts that you think becoming the way that you speak. And if you go to Proverbs 18, 21, it says, life and death are in the power of the But don't forget, the devil doesn't create. He just uses you to create. Kill, kill, destroy, using you, your own destruction. So now, how to deal with the mind? Meditate upon the word. <coughs> okay? It says, meditate upon the word day and... That's Psalms 1, somewhere there, Psalms 1, 2. Okay? Two, watch your tongue. Speak only positive things. The things that you want to see in your life, speak them. Why? Because the channel to your mind is your ears and your eyes. So if your ears never hear what you want to see, you'll never see. That's why if you look at Joshua 1, what happened? God says, you should speak these words. So that you may be prosperous. Speaking them creates prosperity in whatever field. Prosperity is not only about money. Prosperity is about succeeding in nearly all areas of, life, of your life. But what do you need to do? So there's certain times when bad thoughts come, you, you check the word of God. Say, no, you cannot. Amen? Now this one, some of you are going to hate me. I love you. So, 
watch what you should check what you see and what you hear check what you see and what you hear usually we like watching entertainment how many of us like entertainment good day eh? i want to touch this area because sometimes when big people are preaching or sharing it doesn't sound good so i'm glad that god finally showed it to your brother emmanuel so ask emmanuel to come share Amen. Maybe when I'm going to But let me just touch it small, small, small. You see, because it, at that time, it wasn't his weight, but now God made it his weight. It's even easier. So, watch what you hear and what you see. The gateway to the mind is the ears and the eyes. Okay? And this is the first gateway. Everything that you know, that you have learned, that what is because of ears and so certain times when you are listening to music, I'm very I'm a depression so guess what you attract in your life? Depression. Straightforward. Yeah? Because of what you are? And then what you see. As much as certain movies are good, certain cartoons are good, the only question you should ask yourself is what lesson am I learning from here? Okay? So let's go to Romans 12, 2. I think that should be my last scriptures. And somebody go to Hebrews. Hey, never At least I'm going to here. So Romans 12, 2, somebody read for us. Hey, what did you say? Uh-huh. Sorry, uh-huh. start again. Uh-huh. By the reunion, oh, sorry, thank you. So do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know his perfect thoughts and we, according to Jeremiah 29 verse 11. So be not conformed to this world. Conforming to this world is when you see something, just because everyone is going for it, those will go for it. Example is relationship. So that's what happens. Conforming to this world, you remain a regular person. You never get to touch the depth of God. Being transformed, you get to portray the full character of Christ. Sorry. I know I just said this is this is the last one, but next scripture has come. I'm just googling it. Philippians 2, verse 5. Yeah. Philippians 2, verse 5. Your attitude should be the 
same as that of Christ Jesus. Your attitude, this one says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Another version. There's a version that I'm looking for. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Now, how do you see the mind of Jesus? The word is where the mind of Jesus rests. Because in the mind, that's where we have data and information. So let the mind that was in Christ Jesus be in. You're hearing? So, work on your mind. And this is the first battleground that the devil uses. Provided you do not know how to win the battle in your mind, you cannot win the battle in the field. That's why in as much as we may want to send all of you out, come here! Provided you do not know warfare, you do not know a lot of other things, what will happen? Your destiny will be forfeited. Hebrews 4.12 Then Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the brain. Of dividing asunder of what? Ah, not that one, the first part. So the sentence spirit, that may be attached to your life, but what do you need? The word of God. That's why the Bible says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Separating body from spirit. As I say, soul from spirit. Why? Because there are other spirits that will never leave you provided the word of God doesn't reach you. But it's just not the word that we preach. Don't forget, the word that you convert and make your own is the one that has power. Every other word that you hear does not have power. So we can, make, we can get the scripture today, I am more than a conqueror through, through Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Situation comes, you run, because that verse is not yet yours. The life in that verse hasn't yet come. So that's why you have to meditate day and night. If it's one scripture, you're looking for protection. Get that same scripture. Just say, God. You read it out loud. You think upon it until you agree with it. Any area of your life where you see crisis, look for the scripture. Any area of your mind where you see that there is warfare, look for a scripture. And then meditate. And make that word your own. Amen. Amen. I can invite us.